With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I was crossing the street when I met the love of my life. I chased after her. Nothing would stand in my way. Not the dog walker, nor the hot dog vendor. Finally reaching her, I asked, what do you call that amazing smell? Um, it's Gain Flings. Gain Flings. My love had a name, but more importantly, it had a scent. Fall in love with Gain Flings. Seriously good scent. Try Gain Flings today with special savings at Family Dollar. What did Sean Paul say to his electrician? Just give me the light. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you committed to it with a bit of singing which did indeed was, yeah and how can you it's, it's been way it's over 100 shows and we haven't had a mention of sean paul yet so <laughs> you, you know my feelings on the man i think he's a, an absolute treasure so i hope people listening know who he is you know what i i'm starting to think we're almost in a generation now where people won't know people who we know that yeah, that is quite sad, isn't it? We we sound like we sound like we're really growing old now. Oh, you don't know who these people are. And we're really oh, yeah. in our thirties. But anyway, let's get to the important stuff, Nate. So, last week was obviously a ten. Yep. So you can understand that my expectations have gone up a level. I can't understand that, that. incredible <laughs> score. And to be honest with you, I'll be honest. Before you give me the score, I thought we were continuing on a very high high bar here. But I'm guessing from both your reactions, you weren't that pressed. You were more ashamed and disappointed by the joke. I feel the reaction was more groan than enjoyment. I don't know, is that fair, Meadows? Yeah, I think it was yeah. a bit like... Uh, it's yeah. also because it involved your singing. So. <laughs> oh. I, thought the singing, I thought the singing was a good part of it. Myself. So I was going to give you a bonus for that, because I always like how you bring a little bit more of Nate to the show. And I feel yes. like singing was a little bit more Nate. Um, anyway, I'll cut to the chase. <laughs> I'm going to give you a, a 7.9. Oh, okay. No, I'll take I'll take a 7.9. Okay. I was thinking we were getting back into like 6, 5 territory. Oh, no, yeah, no, so no, did no, I actually. No. I was worried. So I'm, I'll take a 7.9 is pretty good. So that was a 6.9 joke, but a point a point extra for the singing. Correct. Just so we're clear. Okay. Correct. Right, yeah, right. I want you to understand the scoring system. Yeah, no, I absolutely you know, do now. And I, I think so. That it was, <laughs> that's what I mean. It was a 6-ish joke. I get that. Like bonus points for singing. Beretta, do you, Noted do you understand the scoring system? <laughs> I mean, that is a, that's a good question, Metis. You're not supposed to give away the magic. <laughs> <laughs> if, he, if, he never, if he never has to explain it, I think the problem has been Lawrence has started explaining the scoring system. <laughs> yeah. Whereas before there was some magic to it. Now, like now I know I get a bonus point for singing. My next one, I might just do a full musical number. <laughs> oh, hello. I know. Podcast fiction stories from Formula One around the world. I've gone back to the old titles. Isn't this exciting? That is, I was like, wow, what a throwback. 
<laughs> As ever, it's because I'm... we don't do them so often now. Your repetition's gone. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. But I mean, the title remains the same, right? And I'm still joined by you guys, Nate yes. Saunders and Chris Meadows. Everything yeah. is the same. Chris Meadows. That was the name of my um, MLB player on the MLB show. Meadows. MLB the show game on yeah on um, on the PlayStation. Like you ah. had to get like the announcer would give would shout your name out. Obviously, the name Medland wasn't pre-programmed into the game, but the name Meadows was. So I'd step up to the plate and it would be like, Chris Meadows. <laughs> yeah, mine, so, I, me and Meadows had a spell of playing the game pretty much. Like, we'd be both be playing at the same time. I could only get Nate Sanders. So it'd be Nate <laughs> Sanders, <laughs> which actually really, like, deeply hurt me because every time I went up and hit a home run, I'd be like, oh, I'm not getting the credit I deserve here. <laughs> the other guy's getting it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We only good at the game. Oh, I was okay. It, I mean, it's a PlayStation game, isn't it? You don't have to be like actually good at baseball to be good at that. Um, uh, I but... used to be good at Tiger Woods on the get on the PlayStation. Yeah, and I'm not so good in real life. Look, I got golfing really early doors. Oh, Nate, just, Nate bowed his head <laughs> in sadness. <laughs> it was. Um, I feel like games like that because you play them with the controller normally. A just weird feeling, like good at it or not good at it. Whereas obviously, like racing games, you sit. If you can, you, you have a proper steering wheel. But you don't stand in front of the PlayStation with a baseball bat, do you? Or with a golf no. club. So. Well, a racing game is at least like the concept of like when to brake, when to accelerate. Mm. Like racing lines is kind of similar. That's why it's such a like for like sim kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, with the baseball game, you basically, you just, as long as, as soon as you learn like when to time your swing, you could hit, you could hit pretty much, you know, not hit home runs all the time, but you could get on base. Yeah. He gets on base, as they say in uh, Moneyball. I would always get on base. My guy was a, a beast. Sanders, Nate Sanders, good, good guy. <laughs> Rookie of the year. Then he got traded for no reason. Uh, still, From where to where? Uh, from the Angels to... Um, who was it to? It was to some absolute no-mark team. The A's? Atlanta A's? They're actually pretty Oakland good, A's. Oakland A's. Oakland A's. Either the Oakland A's or the Atlanta... Braves. Braves, sorry, the Braves. I became a Brave. I mean, you are slagging off Liberty right now because they own the Braves. And they won oh, yeah. the World Series like two years ago. So. Well, on the game, they were no mocks. In, yeah. in real life, they're very good. Um, so, I, sorry, I, sorry, Liberty and the state of Atlanta. Sorry, the state of Georgia. And the city of Atlanta. <laughs> I think you should just stop talking. Yeah, yeah. well, I think that's probably a good else. That's a good call, just generally, well, not on this pod. Well, before we drag it back to actual Formula 1... Um, I got drafted by the Cubs on that game, so I was delighted being a Cubs fan. I was like, yes. And then just a few games into my first season of having made it up to... I don't know if I even made it to the Cubs' first team. I might still have been in, like, you know, AAA or whatever when you're trying to work your way in. And they traded me to the Pirates. And I had to go to Pittsburgh. But I bring that up because Nate the other day sent me a picture that was um, about Mm. how it was sports grounds with, like, the best backdrop. And, um, yeah, Pirates, like, Pittsburgh was on there. Uh, so was Petco in San Diego. Yeah, I'd love to start doing more baseball games, just generally in America, because the because the the ballparks are pretty amazing. Like, yeah, they do look cool. Zach Brown has done nearly all of them. He's yeah, you interviewed him about that, didn't you? Uh, I haven't cool. done interview yet, actually. Um, oh. But I've I've spoken to him about it. Like, and then we'll at some point kind of do like a I think like a spin off feature. Which how be... many how many does he have to do to tick them off? I think he's got four left to have done all of them. So. I see Monty in your in your screen. Yeah, Monty's just Monty appeared. the dog. He loves talking about baseball stadiums. What can I yeah. say? He's um, like <laughs> He's very excited he, about it. 
He looks he's just staring at focused you. on every word you say, mate. He's actually looking beyond me. No, he's going oh. out the room. He was looking out the door wherever Jess was. Oh. So, um, but my so my segue plan here was: what is the most beautiful setting for a Formula One circuit, or the most beautiful backdrop? Would you say that Formula One of the current is? races? Yeah, Singapore. Ooh, mm. yeah, Singapore. I mean, Vegas is going to have a good shout at it this year, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I still think I still think Monaco, to be honest. If we're talking purely mm. backdrop, mm. I mean, that's pretty difficult to beat, isn't it? Like, you know, just that shot of them coming through the harbour. Ditto for Singapore for that same reason. But Monaco, like, you know, even if the race is terrible, like one of the things that's always got going for it is it's just absolutely bonkers that they can race in that in that setting. Um, oh, I might have to agree with Nate here. I think actually, the more I think about it. Wow, I hadn't quite. I mean, we've got some pretty cool ones. Like some are just in good scenery, like Austria's stunning scenery. Isn't well, there's Aust- so you've got two different ends of the spectrum, haven't you? You've got Monaco and Singapore on the like, oh my god, that's incredible. Mm. Then you have Austria and probably Spa yeah. for the just oh like you know through the countryside, just kind of circuit out of nowhere. Depends what you like, really. Yeah, I think I think I'm going to go with you though. I think Monaco. I think just partly as well, like you say, because. Because then I think like Zandvoort's near the coast, you get some nice beach and stuff, but it's not got that kind of no. principality rising up the rocks and shimmering Mediterranean Sea and all that. Like. Shimmering, wow. Yeah, when Wowzers. it's sunny. Oh, and is it funny? We're going there next. That is funny, isn't it? It's this almost like this is a Formula One pod and we should talk about <laughs> Formula One now. Well, maybe we should talk about the fact that we're doing a pod on a weekend that yeah. Nate and I should on have a, been in Imola. On a yeah. Sunday. On a, um, on a Sunday, on a rare Sunday off, chaps. Sadness. No. Yeah. Um, well, and but neither of us, uh, we were both very lucky with the timing, weren't we, Lawrence? Because I hadn't even left my, my flat in Reading. My cab was on the way to get me to go to Heathrow when we got the heads up that the race wasn't going ahead, which was about you know half an hour before the confirmation. Um, so it kind of was a weird one. I know like, our friend Luke Smith at The Athletic was there. He landed that morning basically spent a few hours there and then basically had to work out how to get home as, as, as soon as possible. Um, so it felt a bit weird, but I mean, yeah, obviously a really sad situation, but it just feels like it, it just feels like we randomly had a week off. It felt a bit like a COVID kind of cancellation in that sense of just like, oh, we're not actually doing this race now. Mm. Um, I'm glad definitely... that they make the decision as early as they could to stop, yeah. to stop as many people um, that would have ended up flying out there. Um, but also, when you see the pictures, it was just impossible to go there, wasn't it? There yeah. Was, like, bigger problems going on. You know, people should, everyone should be helping the people there who have had their lives turned upside down. We wouldn't be having a motor race. So it made sense, right? <clears throat> to it's just, it just would have, it just wouldn't have, the tone of it would have been wrong, wouldn't it? You know? Um, so yeah, it was the right call. I think logistically, yeah. Like, I think impossible is probably the right word. Because I've seen the weather was actually quite good yesterday and today. Like today's a nice sunny day there, or meant to be mm. according to my phone, admittedly. But um yeah, like the knock-on impact. So uh, there's one of the McLaren fans, Sarah Merritt, who's been posting on like social media about their troubles. But the town they were staying in, or the village they were staying in, got basically totally cut off because of landslides and things. Mm. And they, they got helicoptered out of there yesterday, which is Saturday. So what would have been qualifying day, lo- locally they needed helicopters to chopper people out of stranded, cut-off areas. Like I don't think it's that they're in danger in that sense. It's just that they couldn't get out. So mm. how are you going to move people? So if Yeah, then you suddenly... That, Suddenly add 90,000 fans from a drive into a town just on the road and you've suddenly really complicated it. Who who probably then can't, you know, a bunch of them can't stay where they were planning on staying and that creates knock-on effects. And um, you only need, I don't know, a thousand of those who had to find somewhere new to stay and it doesn't exist or they have to stay further away and drive in from 
even further and stuff. Yeah, it's just it would have been silly to try and push ahead. So I agree. I think they did did the smart thing. Jess had done the same. She'd flown there that morning. Uh, yeah, I saw the video that Jess landed uh, posted. Just... Two hours later, it was cancelled. So, yeah, um, crazy. Long old day. But yeah, I think even people that had that don't seem to be complaining because um, they knew it was the right thing to do. And it it did give them enough of a heads up to get back and, you know, work out contingencies because obviously like TV companies were thinking, what do we do over the weekend when we don't have a race now and things like that. But yeah, um, it's strange, isn't it? Because it has made it quiet. Obviously, there was that Williams, Albon and James Vowles did the mm. um, esports race, but and a few drivers doing some stuff on Twitch. But it's just gone quiet, really, because we're going racing next week. But I think it shows you, I, mean, I don't know if you guys feel the same, but it kind of, to me, it, it, we've talked about it before, like the calendar being so big and having so many races on. The anticipation level now for Monaco has, for me, has gone right up. I mean, it's already pretty high for that race anyway. But just missing a week, and you're right, like, it's not like there's been, we haven't had loads of media around it. It's just been race done and then silence for a bit. And I remember, you know, and this, you always remember things differently from when you're a kid, right? You, you kind of remember the, the best bits. But I remember you used to watch a race. And then it would pretty much, because it was before social media, it would pretty much be radio silence. You might buy a couple issues of Autosport magazine, but there'd really be nothing between run ra- one race and the next. I and mean, when you got to the next race, there were so many things you wanted to hear from the drivers or they were just, you know, you, you, you're like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to watch this again. So, yeah, I think from a context of watching the season, especially the season we've got, you know, not a bad thing. Obviously, not trivializing what happened over there. But, um, yeah, I think we'll get to Monaco, uh, to Monaco and there'll be... You know, hopefully that kind of that buzz is back straight away. Yeah, definitely. And to be fair, credit where it's due to uh, Barretto's company and to Ferrari, but mm. they they each donated a million euros, didn't they, to like the relief effort? And I think um, I think obviously the Alpha Tauri have been hands on deck, like Yuki helping clear up Fienza and stuff. Well, our um, friend yeah. Josh Cruz was out. He was in the photo, wasn't he? That was going around. Got no credit. <laughs> I know. Unbelievable. No. But I mean, you know it. I think that really struck home how close it was to Formula One was that, you know, I think Sino- I think Yuki lives in Fanza, yeah, doesn't yeah. he? So he lives in that town. So I did see a lot of people saying, oh, I didn't see any of the other drivers there. It's like, well, you know, not to take anything away from Yuki, but like, that's literally where he lives. That's down, the, you know, it's outside yeah. of his house. And um, yeah, it just shows you how close to home it was for, you know, one of the 10 teams. Yeah, and for like De Vries, I saw some people being like, you know, oh, De Vries just went home. It's like, well, he couldn't actually get to Fianza. That was part of his problem. He yeah. did that post on Instagram where he got stuck um, and had to spend the night in a village that was helped. Or, you know, one of the McLaren guys helped him out and um, gave up a room. So obviously McLaren mechanics were happy to share or something and they had a spare room that De Vries could have. Like really good of them. But um, yeah, I'm sure if he then could have got to Fianza and was needed to help, he would have. But when they're just basically saying don't travel, go home or get out yeah. like to somewhere that you're away from all the kind of pressure of it all. He's still doing the right thing. So, um, but yeah, good on Yuki getting his, uh, getting his hands dirty on that. And it's a lot of cleanup. I've seen some of the pictures from the paddock as well with the amount of mud that's been brought in by the flooding. And um, like, I think the TV compound needs a pretty solid wash down and see which bits of electrical kit have survived and which ones haven't. So um, mm. it'll be interesting to see if there's any knock on effect actually in terms of, like extra work people have to do in Monaco, but we'll still get a race on. Nothing seems to be. Yeah, definitely. Nothing's um, what's the right term? Critical to the race that that's been damaged. But yeah, I'm sure sure it's still going to be a headache for a lot of people. Not for us. 
me and that. Yeah, I feel I look at that. <laughs> yeah. It just kind of for us it's it feels like business is normal. Well, yeah. I think the teams have two sets of motorhomes. So I think the motorhomes already been set up in Monaco and the ones that were used in Imola will just go straight to Spain. So things like that, <clears throat> they've got enough uh, flex in their logistics to mean that things like that can crack on really for Monaco. The, I guess the challenge is just making sure they've got enough time to get to Spain. Yeah. Well, so what are you doing with your newfound freedom, Mr. Barreto, this weekend? Uh, it's mostly spent wedding planning. <laughs> so, um, and also the weather's really good in the UK at the minute. So, um, it's spending more time in the garden, which is nice. Uh, this is going to sound like all more old person chat, but like my garden's looking lush. All the plants that we planted last year. Oh, my word. Park. <laughs> I think I prefer golf chat. <laughs> um, yeah, that was pretty... <laughs> Wedding, garden. I mean, geez, we're, not, we're definitely not young men anymore. What we? about you, Nate? Well, you can tell I'm, I'm the only one of the three of us who isn't getting married this year because I've got no wedding planning to do. I went to Henley yesterday, which is just up the road from where I live, um, and uh, went to some bars there and some pubs just walked down the river some of my friends have just moved up there and today i'm going to a brewery near me so you know my my weekend is focused around beer and yours focused around your wedding i think meadows is is kind of wedding planning as well yeah we've got we've got some more to do today did a bit yesterday a lot of we're movie house so house move stuff yeah which i'm excited about very exciting my neck of the woods yeah closer to these boys so the padhock padhock shire we'll call it (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah all that sort in that sense i mean this really is um i don't know what the right term is for this but this is where people can come at me for saying it but the unexpected free weekend and the fact that it hasn't been busy with other stuff means just being able to take advantage of time that i didn't think i'd get to sort some of this stuff so i've been plowing through it so it's actually been really like boring like yeah not not doing a lot of exciting things sitting at the laptop still kind of doing admin but I'm so thankful for it. Um, so um, obviously would rather have been working on the race and had a race to watch. But um, yeah, been productive in in the gap. But I think it has kind of surprised me how, like like we said earlier, just how quiet it kind of meant it's gone. Um, mm. I think, so I spoke to <clears throat> some PR people. I think that's been by design as well. A lot of them are like, right, we're not, we're not going to get a week off properly again for a while. Obviously there will be weekends off, but like a, a weekend like this is kind of like, you know, gold dust in the calendar so yeah. they were all just like unless it's something absolutely urgent we're not sending anything out to the media we don't need to put on press sessions like because remember in, in covid you'd occasionally get like oh we're going to put a zoom on because you haven't spoken to anyone for a while we haven't had any we didn't have any of that mm. it's not really needed like we'll speak to them in you know less than a week on thursday in monaco mm. so um, i also think it's a little bit disrespectful isn't it of what's going on in Imola? like yeah i don't think you want to be going ah oh, there's another race coming like next weekend yeah before this kind of weekend's kind of kind of almost out so um yeah yeah i guess i guess the silence kind of almost makes a bigger point of like of the lack of racing doesn't it or the lack of an event so um although there is racing going on well not racing but qualifying at indy yeah i watched some of that last night it's actually pretty entertaining with the the fast lane and the slow lane Mm. i didn't quite appreciate so Sorry if I'm preaching. Well, I'm definitely preaching to the choir with Medland. I don't know if Bretta no, knows this. No, you can explain to me. I think it's a really cool idea, and I'd love to see if Formula 1 can implement it in some way. So you have a fast lane and a slow lane in, well, lane one, lane two, and qualifying. So you queue up. Most people queue up in the slow lane, lane two. And basically, when it gets to you, you go out and you do your four-lap run. And if that's quicker than the last run, then that becomes your new time. If it's slower, then your last time remains. But if you go in the fast lane, 
you not only jump everyone in the slow lane, but you basically erase your last time. So you so say so New Garden yesterday was like twenty fifth, I think, twenty you know, twenty twentieth or something like that. He went to the fast lane. He erased his time. So when he went out on the track, it's like if he if he messes this up, he won't be in the Indy five hundred. He'll you know he won't set a time. So he has to. So they regardless of if that time's quicker or slower, that is your new time that gets taken. So it adds that bit of jeopardy to it. And obviously in the Indy 500, not everyone qualifies for the race, which adds, you know, adds an extra element to it. Um, My friend Rachel's there because her brother, Ben, works on uh, Lil Dave's car, Dave Malukas. And he he was um, in the the danger zone uh, yesterday, then had a mega run. I think it was the penultimate runner at the end. It was really fun watching. I mean, even though you're just kind of watching them because it's average speed, it's not time. It's still, I think I've done a good job of making it. It's quite interesting to watch it because they have that jeopardy, and there's, you know, it's, it's kind of one shot it, sh- shot qualifying style, where the, whereby it's not one shot because you do four laps, but if you mess that lap up, you go to the back of the queue again. You know, it's not like you can go straight back out again. So it was pretty interesting. Um, it's crazy how, I mean, because they're qualifying again today, aren't they? They have the shootout to, there's four of them, and only one can go through. Is that right, Meadows? No. So, um, Last row shootout, whatever. There's it is. only 33 spots in the field for the Indy 500, but you can have more entries. Um, mm. And there were 34 entries, so the bottom four have to run again today with the slowest one not making the race. Um, yes, getting bumped. But then, that's it, which is what happened to Alonso, isn't it? Yes, but in- but that's when they had 36 entries. So he was one of three that didn't make it. Right, they they had six run that day where three went through, three didn't. But um, you're right. Yeah, they set the the back row. Uh, and mm. drop off who else is not um who doesn't get in but also then the top 12 will run again um mm. uh, then, yeah that's the fast 12 isn't it so that's yeah. its pole and then well then they go into the fast six so the fastest six will then run again to yeah. set pole um and in the top 12 uh quite good for mclaren gotta be Mate, said. McLaren looked really good yeah i feel like given how mclaren have not been doing very well in formula one be very big for that team if they won uh, next week yeah, they were um, fastest two cars with Rosenfist and Rossi and yeah. they had all four of their drivers in the top eight which is pretty damn impressive wow. that so. is I'd love Rosenquist to win I really would he's he's mega uh, I mean I'd love any of the McLaren guys to win uh, to be honest with you there's not, there's not many people in IndyCar I don't really like like you look at the driver field mm. you know it seems like a good a good bunch also shout out as well because I'm super impressed to a fellow Brit Catherine Legg mm. qualified yesterday um, and she hasn't done the race for 10 years She's forty-one, which is you know, which is older than even Alonso, right? Alonso's uh, Alonso's now forty-one. He's now forty-one. So, yeah, she hasn't done the race for ten years and qualified ahead of. She's in the Letterman team, isn't she? Ahead of yeah. all three of her full-time Letterman teammates, which I thought was super impressive. Deserves a shout out. She also set the fastest qualifying lap by a female driver ever at two hundred thirty-one point five nine six miles an hour, and the fastest average speed across the four laps of 231.070 yeah, of any they're, female they're driver so ever. fast i mean i never so i've told the story before maybe that you know i went to the indy 500 so if you know <laughs> you guys know that uh but in 2017 for the start it's one of the one of the coolest experiences ever i um sat in the scott dixon pit box uh with chicken assy mclaren was so busy with media requests and they had a bunch of the spanish journalists sitting with them for the start of the race because obviously alonso was doing it but um our friend Stuart morrison at Haas set me up with some of his friends at Chip Ganassi. So I sat in the pit box for the start. Anyone who's seen the Indy 500, they do like five formation laps as they just, they, and they build the speed up behind the pace car. And they came past like the first or second time. I was like, wow, they're going so fast. And, the, and I've, I've 
I'm so sorry to the Chip Ganassi team. I've forgotten the, the guy I sat with who was lovely, absolutely lovely. He was the crew chief there. Um, I had the head, headsets on. I turned to him. I was like, they're so fast. He's like, well, wait, that, that's half speed. Like, they've got three more laps. And when they all come past you on the first lap at, at speed, like they've just been released by the pace car, honestly, you just get hit by like wind and dust. It was unbelievable. I, I've never seen anything as fast as that. And then obviously they spread out more as it goes along. But just getting quicker and quicker. It was mega. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to... I mean, we'll be in Monaco, but I imagine McLaren will do something pretty cool when we're there. Uh, yeah, hint, McLaren. Obviously, you're listening as a whole team. <laughs> um, do something cool when we're there. Yeah, not- no, they, so I've been told that McLaren will listen live to these. They'll all come into the office <laughs> and they uh, will, yeah. they'll be like, right, we're not doing any work on the car for the next hour because we have to listen to the pad hoc, the pad hoc done- men, the pad hoc <laughs> lads. Talk, talk Formula One to us. The pad hockers. Um, what would a pad hoc, what's the plural of pad hoc? Pad hocks? I guess it's just pad, pad hocks, isn't it? Pad, pad yeah. high. Pad high. <laughs> isn't that a type of, that's a dinner dish, that, Yeah, that does sound pad like high. a dish, doesn't it? But we are all, we are all a dish. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> pad highs. Right, let's take it forward, shall we, to Monica and move yeah, on Yeah, Lawrence is saying, let's stop Nate from talking for a little bit. And, he's, uh, he's also like, on. it's not stories of following IndyCar around the world, so he's like, let's yeah. get to F1 again. Are let's you, um, so I know Medellin's going, are you going, Nate, to Monaco? I am, yeah. I am, flying so on Wednesday. The paddock trio will be there. They will indeed. We'll have to get a picture on the on the grid. We haven't really done that yet, have we? No, Probably. we haven't. No, because uh, Medellin's is normally really busy. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll get a picture of Meadows and we'll stand behind him. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And we'll just get a candid one like that. You just um, you just set it up and just tell me, like, just wave yeah. frantically and I'll walk by at the right time. A wave at the right time. Yeah. Like but we, we love Monaco, don't we? I, I'm love a big it. fan of, I mean, going Absolutely. to it, I know the race isn't great, but going to it is pretty special. Um, be yeah, my third qualifying. Monaco. Qualifying. Qualifying is great. In yeah, qualifying is great. Qualifying, so I, think, oh, I think it's weird, isn't it? Because qualifying is probably better than, well, it is better than the race. Um, and that Saturday, you feel like the winner is decided that day almost. It's not always the case, but um, <laughs> no, it's definitely not the case when it's Charles Leclerc on pole. No, no. Well. Oh, poor Charles. Yeah, I'd like no. to see him win it. Well, this this weekend could be the weekend no, that I... somebody beats Red Bull because, as aptly pointed out by Mark Hughes in a much more technical fashion than I'm going to say, <laughs> but Red Bull's advantage is not in low speed corners compared to uh, the likes of Aston Martin and Ferrari. And they also don't turn their tyres on quite as quickly, which is why they look after them better in a race and are quicker in a race. So if anyone, if there's going to be a circuit where maybe Alonso or maybe Leclerc oh. could beat them again, I mean, Leclerc already out-qualified them in Baku. Then if, Alonso, if Alonso wins, can you imagine? That'd be so good. Yeah. I just, one of my fears this year, because I think Alonso's going to win a race. With Aston, isn't it? Hang at some on, are you point. fearing that Alonso is going to win a race? No, 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 no. The opposite. I'm, I'm worried I'm going to miss it. I'm worried it's going to be a race I'm not at. Like I'd love to be there for that, you know. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I just really hope. You, it's... you just don't think it's going to be Monaco then? No, I think it will. But I just, yeah. if it's not, then I just don't know where it would be. I think, it, I... I think it is going to be Monaco if he's going to win one this year. Yeah, I think he's definitely. So I'm, I'm right now happy to say I'm certain he's going to win one this year. I just can't. Like Red Bull have been great, but. It's such a long season and you get yeah, so many things thrown at you. It's so... Like, no one's ever done that before for a reason. It's so hard. And we we add, just... we've added more races to make it even harder for someone to do it. Yeah. Can we just yeah. uh, mark a moment in time where we have to play this section of chatting after Abu Dhabi? Yeah. Sure. We're going to have won every single race this year. Not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And they finish one, two at every race as well, <laughs> just to make it even worse. Um, 
No, I think Mattis is right. I mean, even that that Mercedes team in 2014, uh, 2016, you know, they didn't didn't win everything. You're going to have issues for one car or both cars, um, and also you're just going to make mistakes at some point. Even Red Bull, mm-hmm. um, yeah. or get caught up in someone else's mistake. Like, mm. yeah, could be as silly as in Monaco a misunderstanding with a back marker or something, or yeah, an error in the pit stop, or yeah, loads of things can go wrong. It, yeah, a one poor start. And that's it. You, you know, even if they put it on pole, one poor start and you're screwed. So um, I just can't, absolutely cannot see them winning all of them. Which, and I, I'm more than happy to keep reiterating it because if they, if it did happen, it would be insane. Like the fact that it's never happened before, there's a reason it's that unlikely and that difficult to do. So um, I'm I'm all aboard the Alonso's going to win a race hype train. <laughs> and it would be good to do it this weekend coming so that, that still adds a little bit of intrigue in the uh, championship, and he'd be going to his home Grand Prix having won a race. Like, it yeah, would be that would bouncing. Be, that would be cool. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to Spain, but him winning in Spain would be. I mean, it's very yeah. unlikely that if you look at that circuit. Like, but I mean, can you imagine? Because his last win was Valencia. Spain. So no, no it's Barcelona 2013. Of course it was. Yeah, sorry, it was that one. So it's um, ten years ago. So yeah, I was thinking. I was like, no, Maldonado bit, but that was 2012, wasn't it, in Spain? Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, so, it would be t- yeah. Geez, ten years since he's won a race—that is nuts. Well, and really interesting stat here from Formula One's uh, Instagram account, um, who make the point that this is Alonso's best start to a season across the first five rounds since we went to this points system. I believe it's this point system. It's since 2010 is what they've put down. Mm. And I'm, I don't know if that's just because it only fits. When did we go this point system? Why have I got such yeah, a terrible name? It was, I think it was 2010. Because 2010. Yeah, Button won it when it was 10, 8, yeah. 6 yeah. Yeah, yeah. for the so, top three. So, yeah. So, most he's ever had. So, even in his Ferrari years. So, in 2010, when he had a really good start to that and was in the title fight, he had 67 points. 2012, when he took it to the wire, he had 61 points. 2013, with that win in Spain, he had 72 points. And, obviously, that season, like, absolutely fell away from them. Uh, this year, he's got 75 points from the first wow. five rounds. That's a great start. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's mad because after that run, in 2018 with McLaren, he got 32 points in the first five rounds. But in 2015, he got no points in the first five rounds. 2016, he got eight. 2017, he got no points again, then with McLaren. And then in his two years with Alpine, 2021, five points from the first five rounds. 2022, two points from the first five rounds. Damn. So it's... um. It's a heck of a heck of a stat that, that yeah, this is best start under this point system. But it's just a shame that Red Bull are going to win every race. <laughs> <laughs> See, look, Meadows is just covering his back now, so no. he can. If we do play that audio at the end of the season, he's like, "Well, here's me saying it later that episode." Oh, don't worry. I can. Co- I'm just going to do my own set up my own podcast, as in, you know, just it would be a one man recording, and I'll be like, <laughs> yeah. "Well, I personally, I think that this is what's going to happen." We I'll should just, just do uh, end of the year, just do a cold text episode. Just us, just clips of us just getting things wrong. Yeah, awfully wrong. Just there'll awful. Be plenty I mean, of that, though. yeah, there'll be loads. Yeah, there'll I don't be know loads if I've got the time to go and find them all. There's <laughs> so many. <laughs> so if there's any producers out there who want to make us look silly, or l- listeners up. who've made notes who've gone, because there was someone I can't remember, like off the top of my head, the name who did send in, didn't we? Didn't they? The joke scoring and like the way it'd been going and they tracked each joke yeah, from the, every episode. The graph. Yeah, which is incredible. So someone might have done that with all the things we've got wrong. But again, it's just if they've got the time which it needs to be a lot of time a lot of time. it does it does indeed 
it's like yeah it's it <laughs> i feel like I, I really respect that because we don't even take the time to do some of the stuff that our listeners do so uh but speaking of listeners don't we have a very random twitter question yeah we do to come to um it? yeah which uh, might be the last thing we do uh both for it being weird and what, the fact that I, no that i think nate needed <laughs> to go places, didn't he? that sounded very <laughs> um, that sounded yeah. very but it was from f1 unspo on twitter uh, asked if we can help and said love the pod by the way which is why I, I, no, flattery will get you everywhere that's why we're ringing out <laughs> yeah. but it's just it's a screenshot of a whatsapp chat they're having with someone uh and whoever it is has messaged him saying stoned thought of the day so nice off to a strong start is ai racing to motorsport what motorsport was to horse racing uh and then that yeah. is i like that that's because uh, you can imagine the the a few people a bit high having that discussion you yeah. know what i mean that is very much i don't smoke weed anymore but when i was younger i did you know when i was like 22 and would you have conversations like that all the time not endorsing it or you know just do whatever you want to do basically um i don't think states in the us isn't it it is yeah um so i don't know because did motor racing motor racing didn't kill horse racing horse racing is still very popular so i don't know whether yeah but sim racing hasn't killed motor racing either that's no no so that's what i mean so i don't know whether they because it hasn't i don't think motor racing's affected horse racing you know what i mean horse racing stayed very very similar um mm, and even true. even like even motor cars like auto, like cars generally didn't kill horse racing so i don't know it's it's not going to change anything i don't think Maybe that's what they but mean. It doesn't, no, yeah, it doesn't say it if influence does it. It just says, is sim racing to motorsport what motorsport was to horse racing? So kind of like mm. just taking what was, I guess, man and animal became man and machine becomes almost oh, machine see. and machine. So I guess in that sense, yeah, if it's like one step removed from yeah. human and animal, it's become, it became human and machine and now it's just machine and machine if you look at it as AI racing. Yeah, it's definitely more fun for a young generation, like people who sit and watch other people stream a, a race on Twitch or something, which I find, which I still find baffling, but each to their own. Um, wow, we're, this is the old man's pod, isn't it? It's like, yes, <laughs> really, yes, young people do this. Honestly, next week, next week, the joke's going to be knock knock, who's there? A Gen Z person, <laughs> a Gen Z person who, and I'll be like, boo, and that'll be the joke. <laughs> I'd give you about a nine for that. Yeah, that, yeah. Lawrence would be like, "We've done it. Nate's done the best joke we're ever going to hear. The pod's done." Uh, well, to any young listeners, we don't hate you. We love yeah, you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We just have to make that clear. We are just very grumpy British men <laughs> <laughs> who are, yeah, um, grumpy yeah, as, basically. Yeah, as much as we're in kind of making the most of an unexpected weekend off, we're missing racing. So it's coming out in <laughs> our grumpy. Coming out in a brutal yeah. and ageist form. Yeah. And we're sorry for that. Well, don't worry. We've got racing coming up very, very soon, chaps, which means I get to see you guys very, very soon. So Yay. let's just call it there so we don't run out of things to say to each other when we next see each other. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that, that happens. <laughs> we we quite often just stand around mute, kicking the floor when we meet yeah, each other. Yeah, we'll shake habits. hands and then we're like, yep, just nodding at each other. Yep. Just like, yeah. Mm. Yeah, good. Yeah, so yeah, nice. Should do this, uh, should uh, do this again. Mm. Uh, yep. Uh, so <laughs> right, I'm going to stop. Ferrari. Stop. Uh, <laughs> Oh, so Meadows <laughs> getting married <laughs> soon. In this, both of you getting yeah. married. Uh, can, uh, Meadows, so can you like fade Nate down? Can you gardening? 
<laughs> I mean, I feel like I feel like he should do that every episode anyway. I don't, I don't know why you guys let me just well, come on here and talk. That tells you that I can't. That's why it hasn't happened. <laughs> yeah, we can't do it. <laughs> well, when we do these in person, he could because he has that little box thing, doesn't he? You know, the, the little device. The device. It's huge, that unit. That unit. Yeah, sorry. Unit's better. But he can physically lower me on that so a good a good incentive for us to do okay more well, episodes in person well let's anyway, do more in person based on that lawrence i am now going to stop talking and i gonna let you talk for the final bit of the show where you talk and then we finish <laughs> after you've talked <laughs> well Go. i feel like you've done a lot of talking so i'll keep this bit short and sweet thanks chaps as ever uh, we'll definitely <laughs> We'll definitely do this again. You can read Nate's work on ESPN.com, Mendes' work on Mason.com, and my work on F1.com. And you can follow us on at the Pad Hug across social media. See you guys. Bye then. Bye. Network.